everybody. And Alhamdulillah, we are so, so, so lucky, so fortunate, so blessed that this morning we've woken up and we can see, we can hear, we can taste. We've come walking, haven't we? Is there anybody who didn't come walking? How did you get from your car to here? That's what I mean. We've, we've, we've walked into the masjid. Alhamdulillah, we can understand, we can feel, there's a lot of people who've lost the sense of feeling and touch. Okay, so we can feel, we can understand things. There's a lot of people who could understand before, but they can't understand anymore. So we're like drowning in the blessings of Allah, constantly, all the time. And one of the things we've been speaking about over the last so many weeks, every Sunday morning, here with our gathering here, is about a, one of the most powerful human emotions that we have, and that is gratitude. Does everybody understand what gratitude means? So this is what we've been discussing for a very long time now, and alhamdulillah, we've been practicing how to bring about gratitude in our lives. So, just for our brothers um, who've been here regularly uh, for now on this particular exercise. So I'm, I'm just going to ask you, Alhamdulillah, so for a number of weeks we've been speaking about this topic. Um, we've been going uh, around and doing certain activities. We've been trying to cultivate gratitude within us and share with the rest of the group and the brothers here um, what we've been experiencing, what we feel, uh, and how we can become better at this. Now, after so many weeks of doing this, um, what will be very interesting is if we can give some kind of input and share uh, with everybody how your experience has been since doing this. Has it changed your outlook on life? Do you have a different perspective? Are you able to feel more grateful to Allah? And if it hasn't had any difference whatsoever in your outside life, when you're not here, Okay, one is on a Sunday morning when we're here. And we're under a little bit of pressure when we have to say something. So I'm, not, I'm talking about beyond that. Has it helped you see things or do things differently? And if it hasn't, it's fine. It's not a test. It's just a matter of being honest and to see how we're doing. If we don't continually assess ourselves, then we could possibly be going in the very wrong direction. If you're going from here, okay, and you want to get to Glasgow, and you're on the motorway, and you just totally switch off, so when I get to my destination, that's where I'm going to kind of be conscious again. Up until then, I'm just going to carry on listening to the radio or talking away. Um, you could be going really wrong. Whereas if you would have checked the signs and you're seeing signs from here, you're leaving. And you start seeing signs for, I don't know, Luton, for example. And you, you carry on. And then you're seeing signs for Oxford, for example, and going that way. You know that if you check the sign, you know, okay, I'm, I'm not going in the right direction. I need to turn around. So similarly, this is just to assess to see how we're doing. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just, whatever you, if you don't have anything to share, that's fine. But the, the idea is, since we've been doing this, has it helped you in any way, any, any benefit? And this can be very inspiring for others as well. 
So it's not just for yourself. You, you don't know your few words that you share could be extremely inspiring um, to others as well. Uh, Ahmed Bhai. Okay, that's a very interesting one and something I'm, I'm kind of focusing on at the moment is where we've got the du'as in place and that's why we're so lucky and that's another blessing of Allah upon us as being Muslims that we've been conditioned to be grateful where when you wake up in the morning we're supposed to be saying Alhamdulillah alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana we say it, okay, gratitude isn't words, or should, should I say, gratitude isn't just words. We say it, we don't feel anything, do we? When we're saying it, because it's in Arabic. And although we, some of us might understand it, but to consciously be aware, we've said, say the Arabic, try and be present with it, but then say it's equivalent in your own words, in your own language that you speak to yourself in. Okay, so we know what it means. Alhamdulillah, We've said it. Now to be totally immersed into it. Because remember, a dua, a dua is not just a saying. You're asking Allah for something. And the imperative thing for your dua to be accepted is for you to be present in the dua. If you're not present, the hadith tells us your dua is not accepted. How many duas do we make in the day and we're not there? We're not present in it. So it's a matter of being present. To bring that presence in the dua, we must focus on what we're saying. What are we saying? So in simple words, just to break it down to yourself and to say it loudly. Thank you, Allah, I thank you for giving me life after giving me death and to you will be my return. That's, that sounds a little formal. You could say it in a little more simpler way, whatever makes sense to you. And each day you look forward to saying that dua. Each day you look forward to being with Allah in that moment and being that, bringing that presence and just focusing on that blessing. So that's really good. Similarly, after food, when wearing clothes, it, it's very powerful if a person wants to do this. It'll make you more conscious and you'll read the dua with meaning. Are you feeling well enough to be better? So, uh, unfortunately, I did have to put Joe on the right. But I'm okay, by the way. You know, he's a little shout, so he gets to the throne now to keep away from that. <laughs> yes, I did have to put on the right. I was there for a couple of weeks. But uh, my experience is that it did affect my mental health. It did affect my physical health. It's affecting my senses. I'm going to now still in place and maybe twice a week. My conclusion was from analyzing this was that sometimes as individuals, we go straight from Allah Ta'ala, we will go straight from other, let's say, duties towards Allah. And in order to thank Allah to bring us back to equality with His certain, let's say, elements that make us up, up, up again and make us in a society, a true triumph 
Alhamdulillah. Can you see when even even something like a sickness is a blessing? Okay, we're, we're struggling at the moment to see blessings as blessings. Okay, how many people in the world don't have clean water to drink? We, we go through bottles and bottles and we just throw them around, right? So we don't see blessings as blessings, but what we're being told that even things that look like calamities, from Allah, they are in reality blessings. How many times has it happened? A person's fell ill and they've become closer to Allah or you've appreciated your own family. Uh, Abu Anas. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. That was, that was very powerful. This is the amazing thing about gratitude. Gratitude isn't just a virtue. It doesn't just benefit you. Gratitude will bring so much more goodness in the world. So it doesn't just make you feel good. That's there in itself. People just show gratitude are more happy. Full stop. That's, that's, that's like the first thing. It's the emotional key. It's the most powerful thing you can do to keep yourself happy. Everyone's looking for happiness. Everyone's looking for peace. Everyone wants to be content. Everyone wants to be in a better position. No one wants to be depressed. But the easiest way, the quickest way, the Quran has told us, the Hadith has told us, and now so many scientists have proven as well that the easiest and the quickest way to be happy in life is to be grateful. And a person that has gratitude, okay, I'll give you an example. Some of you are like looking at me as if, is that true? Okay, if that's, if, if that's true, then why, why is it been hidden? Why don't we know about this? Because we all want to be happy. We all feel sad at times. We all feel really down. Some of us feeling down all the time. Well, look at this example. Imagine there's two children. Okay, let's say for example, Hafsa as a girl and Sumeya, two girls. Okay, you've got Hafsa and you've got Sumeya. Hafsa is grateful. She displays gratitude. Okay, that's just, she's learned and she's cultivated gratitude inside her. She's a person that the shukr. So what we find is on the day of Eid, on the day of Eid, um, when she comes downstairs, okay, all excited, in, the, in this real buzz, the house has been beautifully decorated, we should be doing these kind of things to make Eid excited. Um, so you, she comes downstairs, she's really excited, she's looking forward to all her presents, and she comes down and she sees there's a whole, you know, area where all her presents have been kept. And she's, she's just really buzzing about it. And she imagine, right, I want you to think of how, what kind of, remember, she's a grateful person. That's how she's become. She's learned to be grateful for everything. She comes down, first of all, she's really happy. She's excited, right? And she goes to her present. And the first thing when she sees her presents, okay, there's about five, six of them. And she's blown, she goes, wow. Right, that's amazing. Wow, so many presents. So many presents I've got. She doesn't even open them. She doesn't know what's inside. 
And each one, when she opens it, right, I want you to think and be with Hafsa at this moment. And she's opening each present and she's taking her time. Okay, she's un unwrapping them, right? She's taking her time. And as she's doing it, her smile is getting bigger. Okay, and she's feeling more and more happy inside. And she opens it and she looks at it and she's there just looking at it for so long. And she thinks, wow. And she looks at whoever gave it to them, her and she goes and hugs them. Thank you. This really means so much to me. Jazakallah for getting this. This is exactly what I wanted, right? And now she goes and puts it nicely and then she goes and she opens the second one and she's going through her time. She's, she's looking at the wrapping or the gift bag and think, wow, somebody made this effort for me. And they went out of their way and it's just bringing so much joy to her. And she's seeing things in a, in a particular way. And then she opens the second one. And, and like this, she goes through each one and she appreciates them. She appreciates the people who went and she's thinking, when did you guys do all this? Where did you find the time to go and buy all these things? How did you know exactly what I wanted? And this is, this is Hafsa. Now, I want you to think about Sumaya. Sumaya is not grateful. She's ungrateful, right? She does not say thank you. She does not appreciate the people or the things in her life. I want you to imagine Sumaya has woken up this morning. What kind of face did she have? Okay. Just think about it. She's woken up this morning. Oh, it's Eid again. What <laughs> Eid? As if we do Eid like, you know, that one of the, that, that boring day again. Okay. She comes grumpy down the stair. Already, she's in a strop. Okay. Because she doesn't have good memories of the last Eid. Not because she didn't have any presents. She chose not to see her blessings. Okay, she chose to look at the bad things. The bad things that happened. She, made a, she woke up last Eid with, with a headache, for example. She chose to focus on that. Not focus on all of the other things. And this is what we do a lot of the times. We choose to zoom in on the one tiny problem that we have. And not zoom out on the hundreds and thousands of blessings that we have. So already she's in a strop. Okay, she comes down, she sees her sister, okay, all excited with the presents, and that just annoys her. Like, like snap out of it. Stop acting like a kid. Oh, what are you playing at? What's this? What are you doing? Oh, it's rubbish anyway. Oh, that's only that only costs 50p. Like, big deal, get over it. You could have bought that yourself. This is can you see? It, this is what kind of person you become. And when she sees her presence, like she's got five, six as well. And what she does is, she doesn't open them, she's looking around to see, like, where's the rest of my presence? Where's the rest of my presence? Is that it? That's all I got, just five, six. And she picks it up like, oh, nothing, nothing in here, nothing special. Like, nah, I won't, I'm not gonna open that one. Picks one up quickly, like, opens the wrapping, throws it away, oh, my friend's got one of these anyway. It's, I know what it is. Chucks it to a side. Next one, next one, quickly opens them all. And looking around to see if there's anything else. Is there anything else? Ve finds it very, very difficult to even say thank you. Why? Because you feel a sense of entitlement. Obviously it's Eid today. Obviously it's Eid. I'm supposed to be getting presents. If I don't get presents, why should anyone else get presents? Of course, you're, supposed, you're not good parents if you don't get me. Can you, can you see? Okay, that was just to give you a small window 
into explaining that gratitude, just being great, you've got within you, Allah has put inside you such powerful tools to help you get by in this world. And so number one, gratitude not only so, yes, like we've seen, shukr makes you feel better, okay? That's one thing. But it also makes you act better as well, like we got from the example and why I'm mentioning this. Because when you're feeling better, and when you're feeling blessed, you don't want to limit that to yourself. So then you want to share that with others. So shukr actually drives you to do acts of virtue and goodness and bring about more good in the world. And it becomes contagious. Because then what he's done is he's not only felt better, not, appre not only appreciated the blessings, he's gone and done good things. And not only done good things, shared the concept of shukr with other people. So now you're creating a pattern in the world where you're cultivating gratitude in people and then they're going and cultivating in other people. And then it just becomes a be much better place to live. Is everyone following? Uh, who's? Uh, Sami and the boys. Yep. Wow, that's mind-blowing. Being in the moment now makes you feel more alive. Can, can, can you see how powerful that is? That's so meaningful, okay? And, and it's true. Once you practice this, you, you're not, you're not, your mind, at the moment when we live, whenever we're doing something, our mind, okay, it's on the next thing, on the next project, on the next task. What am I going to do next? We're not, we're not focused, we're not present. By having gratitude, it helps you to be focused in the now, in the present, and to appreciate. And this is what we find in the life of the Prophet He wasn't constantly just thinking about what's going to happen. He savored the moments. Okay? Even though the little he had, if you look at the hadith, we find even the small things he had, he enjoyed them. Like when he would sit to eat. We don't associate food with the Prophet But he did eat. He did enjoy his food, right? He didn't eat a lot. Food wasn't really available. But when we do read, we find that when he came to water, for example, he just didn't have any water. He was particular. He would order water from a certain well. It had to be cold. Many a times he would add honey into it and he would enjoy it. And Ali radiallahu would say that I would make sure that my water is really cold. Why? So that when I say Alhamdulillah, it comes from the depth of my heart. So I can do more shukr. Sayyidina Anas radiallahu says, we went to a house and the Prophet sallallahu was eating. I saw him, he was picking out the pieces of pumpkin. He loved pumpkin. He would savor the pumpkin. He would, he would look for the pumpkin pieces. Once the Habib says, I saw the Prophet sallallahu he loved eating the meat of the, the shoulder of the animal. And he would, he would pick it up and he would, he would bite it and he would enjoy it. So the Prophet ﷺ, we find that in the moment, he made the most of Allah's blessings. 
that occasion when one day it started raining and he just went out of the house and he took off his top he just took off everything and he just stood there in the rain this is the hadith he stood in the rain in that he enjoyed that moment where he felt the rain onto his body and when the sahaba asked him what are you doing and he says hadithu ahdim li rabbihi this is just this is fresh it's just come from allah it's one of Allah's mercies and blessings, which has just come from Allah. I'm enjoying it. I'm experiencing this blessing of Allah, which has just come fresh from Him. And like this, you will find so many examples. So that's uh, good to hear, mashallah. Mashallah, to be, look at your situation and tell yourself you could have been in a worse situation. This is also from the Sunnah. Okay, you could have been in a worse situation. Uh, brother, would you guys like to share anything? Yep. Yep, inshallah, that's what we're here for, inshallah. We'll, we'll be continuing. And today, inshallah, we'll introduce something that will help us now to move forward with this. Uh, Samjit? Inshallah, that's good. So gratitude creates positivity. Um, that's good to hear. Mashallah, mashallah. So it just gives more meaning to life and adds so much more quality to it. Alhamdulillah. What else do we have? Uh, Ahmed Bhai, over to you.
MashaAllah, MashaAllah. So even the small things we start noticing now. I remember when we started this, we were, when we went round and asked everybody, generally people were speaking about the bigger things. I'm grateful for this thing, this thing, this thing, which is important as well. But we already tend to have a level of gratitude for the bigger things in life. So we need to start appreciating even the smaller things and nothing small when it comes to it, does it? Okay, so let's move on today, inshallah. So what, what I wanted to speak about is, and I think we've hinted towards it, gratitude, we can't reduce gratitude to a feeling in the moment. I know we've been doing that up until now. That's because we're learning. That's because we're learning. And as we're learning, we have to take steps. We can't jump to the top of the ladder. So as we've been learning, we're, we're taking a step at a time. Okay, we spoke about words of gratitude. We spoke about gratitude in the moment. We spoke about looking at things in a different way. If I didn't, if this event hadn't happened, where would I have been? Okay, appreciating people. So these are steps. But the important thing is this. Gratitude cannot be reduced to just a feeling in the moment. It's not just something you say at a certain time or feel in a certain way. Gratitude is a disposition. Have I been able to explain that? Do we understand what that means? Can anybody explain this better than I have done? What does it mean when we say gratitude is a disposition? No? Got people shaking their head. Okay, let, let me try and simplify this. Gratitude is a state of being, not a state of doing or feeling. Does that make sense? Am, am, am I getting anywhere? Because if we get stuck here, you're not going to understand what I'm going to say next. Gratitude isn't just something you feel or do now and again. It's something you become. You become grateful. You don't just do grateful things or feel grateful. You become. Like a mechanic isn't a person who goes under his car only when his car messes up. Do you get what I'm saying? A mechanic isn't a person who goes underneath his car or opens his bonnet only when his car messes up. A mechanic is a person that goes under a car every single day opens the bonnet of a car every single day and is fixing cars all of the time until when you go and a person's walking past, you might not know his name, but you'll call him a mechanic. This is a mechanic. Similarly, having gratitude isn't just having feelings in the moment now and again, or isn't just me saying thank you and alhamdulillah now and again. It's an idea. We need to grow gratitude. I'm using specific words. We need to grow gratitude and cultivate, cultivate within us the attitude of gratitude so that gratitude can become our disposition so that we can become a grateful person. And this is what the Quran and Sunnah wants. The Quran speaks about it. Shakiran li anna to become a shakir, a shakur, a person who's grateful, not just in the morning or in the afternoon, or feels it now and again, for that to become the way you are. 
This is what we want to aim to become. We want to become grateful. Do we understand the difference now? One is feeling grateful now and again. Doing things that make you feel grateful now and again. That's good, but that's not what we're aiming for. We're aiming to become, to become grateful individuals all of the time. And we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And that's where we're trying to become. Where we practice gratitude consciously throughout our lives so that we become a person of gratitude. That becomes our trait. That becomes who we are. We are defined by it. It becomes your identity. A person has so much gratitude that it becomes your identity. Think about that for a moment. That's just the person you become. And that's what we want to try and gain. Now, in cultivating gratitude, one of the most important tools and why we're not there yet, one of the most important tools that we can use to cultivate gratitude, a disposition of gratitude. Anybody? Can anybody guess or tell me, suggest what could be one of the most important tools? Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Anybody? One of the most powerful tools, or the only tool, which will drive you towards this, if you want to go on this journey, the first step is memory. Memory. As human beings, we are forgetful. And memory is the only thing that will help you in this path. Memory. Open the Quran. Time and time again, one thing you will find in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for example, Ya Bani Israel, Udhkuru ni'matallahi alaykum, wa an'amtu alaykum, wa anni faddaltukum ala al-alameen. Again and again, you'll find this, not just one place, in many, many places. He speaks to the Bani Israel. Bring to your memory, think about, remember the blessings of Allah upon you and that I favored you. Remember, O Bani Israel, O remember, O Ummah of the Prophet, even to the Prophet. Again and again, Quran teaches us a very powerful principle that the key to gratitude is memory. And, if, and we're forgetful as human beings. So we need to keep remembering, keep reminding ourselves. And for, to, for us to do this, now we're forgetful people naturally. Naturally, we're forgetful people. So we have to think of ways, ideas, and methods. How can I become overall? Because at the moment, as you've noticed, we have to make a conscious effort. And a lot of times we forget. Even when we're enjoying the blessings of Allah, how many times do we forget to read the dua? Or we read the dua, but we don't think about what we're saying. Yes? So what we're speaking about now is how to cultivate gratitude. 
So what we need is memory. We need memory. We need something to remind us. So that this will help us become stronger and stronger. This is why we find in the world now, okay, this has become very normal, not for us Muslims. Okay, I'd say more non-Muslims are practicing this than Muslims. In the world now, you will find, okay, there's a lot of talk going on about this. Where anybody who's going to better themselves, I'm talking about non-Muslims here, by the way, okay? And this culture started from the 90s. And this is something that we call the gratitude journal or journaling. Where every single day, you open a book or a diary or a piece of paper or on your phone or whatever, and you just write down one thing, two things, three things that you're grateful for. Now, it might sound very cheesy, okay? It might sound very, you know, cliche, okay? Writing these things down, gratitude journaling, everyone's talking about it. But do you know, you don't realize how powerful this is. I was looking into this recently, and there's a woman called Jane. She's been doing this for 18 years. For 18 years, she's been writing down every single day on a piece of paper, in a book, every single day. She opens the book on a blank page and she just lets, she, she's not fixated on anything. She, whatever blessings that day she experienced and she felt grateful to Allah for, for God, she's a Christian, to God or to other people, she would just write them down. And she made this thing to herself that she will not write the same thing twice. She will not write the same thing twice. How long did she do this for? 18 years. Do you know how many entries she's got in this journal? 18,256. 18,256 moments of shukr this woman has. Just imagine how powerful that book is. When you're having a bad day and you're feeling crap, shall we use this right word? And you're just feeling utterly rubbish and down in the dumps and nothing's working for you. Just picking up that journal and flicking through the pages. This is memory. Allah is telling us in the Quran, go back and think about all the things Allah's blessed you with. Imagine she's going through and she's thinking, wow, my life, this is my life. This is it's so easy for us to forget, isn't it? Yeah, one bad thing happened and thinking, nothing's going right for me. I've never had any kind of pleasure in life. Nothing's ever good. Nothing good ever happens to me. Okay, just going through that. Imagine how powerful that would be as a gift to her children or to her grandchildren. This was your, your grandparents' life full of gratitude. Imagine if you could share that with somebody. That was valuable. 18,256 unique entries of moments of shukr. Imagine that. This thing works because it's been thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been practicing this throughout the world. It's tried and tested. They've tried it out. And remember, these individuals, I'll tell you about another person who actually beat that record as well. It's another woman. She's got 23,000 entries again. And she tried to make sure that she wanted to put something different each time. She didn't. So that forces you now during the, do you know what that does? When you've got this commitment that you've made that every night before you sleep, you're going to write down a couple of blessings that you had in that day. It helps you 
to have an attitude of eyes open. Eyes open. What does that mean? Throughout the day, you will not pass your day with your eyes closed. You might think none of us have our eyes closed. We have our eyes open, would be like crushing. No, an eyes open attitude is you're actually looking out for blessings. You're actually looking for the ni'mah of Allah in everything that you do. Why? Because you've made yourself a commitment. Tonight, I'm going to make a note of something. Something good and something special. Something I'm grateful for. And that is very powerful. Now, a couple of things to remember in this. Three things I'm going to mention. When we start on this journey, and hopefully we're going to start this today, and then next week, we'll see how everyone's doing. Okay, and to do this, I'm going to share with you an app, a very simple app that you can use. Um, and remember, the, the process needs to be very simple, not complex. Because complexity is the enemy of execution. When, you, when things are hard and it's complex, you won't end up doing it because it's too difficult. So we have to be very simple, very easy, basic, no distractions. It has to be really, really easy to do very simple when we make things complex then we don't end up doing things so the thing is when we start doing this there's three things to keep in mind number one number one is being specific being specific because the truth is in the detail be specific don't just write if you're going to be writing tonight's entry for example and you're just going to be putting something in because the, the, the app is the one I'm going to share with you is very simple all it will be is when you click on it, it'll give you a notification. So it's good. You can set a, a reminder notification every day, for example, say at 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. So you don't forget because we're forgetful. So that notification will come. So it's there. You know, before I sleep, I need to put an entry in for today. Okay. And then all you're going to do, it says on there that today's date. And it say, I, today I am grateful for, and you just have to type in a couple of words. You can put two in, three in, one in can't think of anything that's fine just don't do it but do it at least four or five times in a week of seven days so you know that's fine if you can think of something every day and there should be something you can think of but on a day if you can't that's fine don't work yourself don't get yourself really worked up because then you'll get something that they call gratitude fatigue where you just can't think of anything and you give up on it no we don't want to give up so how to continue and make sure that we don't get gratitude fatigue, I'm going to share with you three things. Number one, be specific. Don't just be general. So just don't write in there, um, oh, what are you grateful for today? So I'm grateful for my mom. I'm grateful for my wife. No, be specific. Specific would be, I'm grateful for my mom, okay, or my wife, okay, because today she spent five and a half hours in the kitchen cooking for me she did the breakfast and the lunch and the dinner and you kind of added it up and it was a sunday whilst i was watching netflix or chilling out with my friends or on social media or just on the xbox okay my mum spent a total of five and a half hours in the kitchen or my wife cooking in the kitchen okay two hours doing the laundry, one and a half hours doing the dishes and just sorting other things out in the kitchen. So if you were to add all that time up together, that's being specific. And she's doing all that for me. In addition to that, she did the vacuum, which I didn't do. 
okay? In addition to that, she cleaned the bathrooms as well. And she also played with the kids and put them to bed. Can, can you see? When you be specific, then you can, you don't get bored then. You're being very specific there. So number one is to be specific. Don't just be general, okay? Be specific. And the second thing to keep in mind, to keep us going, is focus on things that are a surprise. A surprise. When you don't expect something. Something that happened to you that you weren't expecting. You didn't think it was going to go that way. You weren't waiting for it to happen. It happened and it took you by surprise because those are the things we appreciate the most. You know, if somebody gifts you something, then as a kid, I'm sure most of us have had this experience, um, or we probably do it now as well. When you're, when you're kind of expecting a gift, if you go and kind of check it out, you kind of feel what it is, okay? Or you, you know, without the person finding out, then when it gets gifted to you, you don't feel that excited about it, do you? Because you already know what it is, you were expecting it, as opposed to not knowing what it's going to be or not having any clue whatsoever. Those kind of gifts we value the most. So the second thing is surprise. And the third thing is scarcity. Meaning, meaning, when you're in a blessing throughout the day, we need to keep reminding ourselves that this is not going to last forever. This is not going to last forever. And this is the Islamic concept. It's not going to last forever. It's going to end. When I'm having this, okay, when I'm drinking it, and I tell myself, well, there's not much left. What's going to happen now? When I realize there's not much left, what will I do? I'll savor it. I'll make the most of what's left. When I'm with my family, okay, and I know that either very soon I'm going to go or they're going to go, I'll value those moments. When you speak to your mom, you speak to your dad, you, that could be the last time you ever speak to them. Up until now, we've taken it for granted. We just think, oh, they're always around. They're always nagging me. But what if that is your last moment? If you learn to live like, like this, each time you use something and you realize that I'm not, I'm not going to have this forever, nothing stays forever, then the bit that you do have, you savor it, you enjoy it, you make the most of it. If we keep these three things in mind, number one, being specific. Number two, surprises. And number three, scarcity. Knowing that not everything lasts forever, this will help inshallah. So the app is actually called, uh, let me just find it here. The app is called, now the, remember there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these apps. If you get the wrong one, when I say wrong one, I mean if you get one that's got too many things in it and it's telling you to do this and you won't end up doing it. Trust me, you might think, oh yeah, I could, I could do a bit of help with this. I could do a bit of help with this. I could do, you won't end up doing any of it. So this is, it's a very clean app. It doesn't have anything else in there besides this task that we need to do. It's called Gratitude Journal. Now there's loads of apps which are called Gratitude Journal. So this particular one is called Gratitude Journal and the logo is a white background with a red heart. That's the logo on it. So make sure you get the right one. I'll tell you which, um, which company it is, so at least you know you're not getting the wrong one. So it's a white background with a red heart, and it's called 
Jetpack IT Limited. That's the brand, if, if, if that's what it is. Jetpack IT Limited. Gratitude Journal, that's what it's called. White background with a red heart on it. Okay? Um, that's them. So I'm going to just share with you what I put in last night. Um, just to get you started. So I thought I need to start this off first myself. Uh, before I speak with, with, with the rest of you. So, um, so yesterday in the morning, I already planned this stuff. This is how we're going to, what I'm going to do. So automatically throughout the day, although it's a day off Saturday, it's a day off kind of thing. You're kind of more busy with your house, with your family, with shopping, etc. But everywhere you go, this eyes open policy, it's just true because you know that tonight I need to make an entry. So you're looking out for these blessings and it just automatically makes you more grateful. So I put on there, for example, it just says there, what are you grateful for? And you just press it and it just adds it to your entry. And it's got a really nice interface because each day it will show you, you can go back and see what you've put in. And you can revisit all of your previous entries. So I put in there, number one, um, I'm grateful for the lady that go, let her go before me on the road. So I was driving and this woman, she didn't have to, but she stopped the car and let me go in front of her. It was her right of way. And normally I would have, I thought, I would have thought, you know, you know, king of the road, just carry on going. Who cares who's coming? But on that occasion, like, I thought, wow, that was a very kind gesture. And I feel grateful that she allowed me to go. Um, then I went to a store and I only bought a couple of items necessary household items but there's a woman in front of me and she'd like she'd bought like loads of things like big boxes and then even on the till um, although there was a massive queue she's about she's she's about to finish paying and she goes to the cashier give me a minute and then she ran off she goes i just need to pick something up and i thought she's going to come back with like some small item she comes back with this huge box carrying it she already had so many boxes and she's like apologizing to everybody anyhow what happens now is um, she pays for her stuff and she goes out. Then it's my turn. I pay for my stuff. When I come out of the store, I found that the woman was outside. She'd taken all them boxes herself and she's calling taxis. She tried one. She tried another one and she's begging them on the phone. And I can hear her saying, please, I'll pay you more, but I've got a lot of stuff. Um, I need a vehicle that's going to fit my stuff in there. Once I went to my car, I just felt Alhamdulillah, I'm grateful that I own my own car and I can take my own shopping and not have to rely on a taxi service to take me from A to B. You take these things for granted normally, but that allowed me to have like an open eye kind of attitude. Um, another one I've put in for yesterday is I'm grateful for having an opportunity to understand gratitude more deeply and use this app. Um, had I not had this app, maybe I wouldn't have jotted these things down and shared all this information with yourselves as well. So these are a couple of things. Uh, and, uh, yes, one more I put on as well. I put down, I'm grateful for, um, for being more health conscious throughout the day and making a conscious choice in eating healthier foods and giving up things that are unhealthy. You might think, what, is that some, yes, that's something to be grateful for. That some two items come before you, and the fact that you chose the one, so there's coke here and there's water. You've got an option. You choose to have the water. Allah wants you to be more healthy and more conscious and to be better to you, towards your body. 
So that is a healthy choice. It's a blessing. It's a ni'mah. Be specific. Be specific. And you will find that you are living and drowning in the blessings of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Everybody will do this inshallah. Next week when we get together, uh, we'll see how everyone's doing and how your journey is going. And we'll speak about this further of how to make this better and better inshallah. Now let's have a quick recap of our last week's lesson. We're going to try to do this fast forward now because I think we're getting quite late here. Right, quickly, who can remind us? What did we speak about last week? Lesson number 32, right? 33. Oh. Which Sahabi was it? Usama bin Zaid radiallahu anhu. So last week's lesson, lesson 33, we spoke about Usama bin Zaid radiallahu anhu. Who can remind us? What did we say about Usama bin Zaid? Mashallah. Despite Mawlana not being here last week, he's uh, filled in, Mashallah, uh, a lot of the uh, parts of what we discussed, Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah for that. Anyone else can add anything? What else did we speak about? So there were senior Sahaba. Abu Bakr, Umar, uh, Uthman, Ali, and then Abdurrahman bin Auf, and other great senior Sahaba. But the Prophet chose Usama bin Zaid. Was how old was he? Seventeen years old, young youngster, young young person to lead a huge army. Okay, and this is he's doing this in his final moments. He's about to leave the world, and this is when he's preparing this army. Okay, in his final moments. Anyone else? Anything else? How many people were in this army? 700. And we spoke about what they did when they went there. I, I think we've covered everything, haven't we? Yeah, mashallah, Mawlana put a huge chunk into it today, so he's made it easy for us. What was last week's campaign? 
What was the campaign we had from last week? Okay, when the going gets tough, when things get difficult, what happens? Mashallah. So when the going gets tough and things are going difficult, we should take inspiration from Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. When everybody was confused around him, at that time the Prophet passed away, people were leaving Islam, people were rejecting zakat and salah, and Sahaba said, don't send the army out now. What did Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu do? No. The animals of Medina, okay, the wild animals can bite on me, they can drag me in the streets. I'm not going to move away from what the Prophet wanted. He wanted this army to go out. Okay, this army will go out. I will send it out because this is what he wanted. And this is the occasion when he said it. Sometimes we say the first part, but we don't say the second part. Okay, so I'm gonna, and he sent it out despite the Sahaba saying to him, no, don't. He said, no, he wanted to do it, and I'm gonna do it. So when the going gets tough in our lives as well, take inspiration that no, I'm going to stick to the sunnah of the Prophet Okay, let's move on to today's lesson uh, number 34. So the, what we're discussing is how Rasulullah planted the love of Masjid Al-Aqsa in the hearts of the Ummah. And specifically we're speaking about the Sahaba in Palestine, part 8. And we're going in alphabetical order in order of the Sahaba who led armies in Asham and in Palestine. So we're speaking about the sixth Sahabi today, and we're gonna jump all the way to Sayyiduna Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu. I know we were on Alif, okay, so we missed all the letters out in between. Um, there are other Sahaba, okay, but I think we are more familiar with these ones, so we'll speak about Khalid bin Walid. Now the achievements and the victories of Sayyidina Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu are known to everybody. As you know, he was considered one of the most senior army generals amongst the Sahaba. We all hear his name and we all know that he had a leadership position. He played a leading role in the conquest of the battles of Yarmouk, Ajnadayn and Fihl Baysan and many others as well. But these were significant. The battle of Yarmouk, the battle of Ajnadayn, and the battle which took place in Baysan. Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu originally instructed Khalid bin Walid to lead the armies in Iraq. So that's why he sent him. Alongside who? There was another Sahabi already there, Sa'd ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu. That Khalid, you go and join the armies. They are going to lead armies in conquering Iraq. And that was the instruction of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. However, when they decided to now conquer Asham and Baytul Maqdis in particular, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu immediately summoned Khalid from there and said, Khalid, as soon as you get my letter, I want you to come to Asham. And immediately he took the journey and then eventually he arrived in Yarmouk. And not only did he arrive as a participant, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu made him the military leader amongst all of the Sahaba. He said, Khalid, you are going to be the leader now of all of the Sahaba when they're going to battle in Asham. You're going to be the army general. 
<coughs> Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, he wrote to Abu, uh, Sayyiduna Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu anhu wrote to uh, Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu upon the victory of the battle of Ajnadayn. If you remember some weeks ago, we, we, we got the map out, didn't we? And we spoke about certain places. So one of them was Ajnadayn. And when the Muslims were victorious, Khalid bin Walid radiyallahu anhu wrote a letter to Abu Bakr in Medina radiyallahu anhu and he told him that Alhamdulillah, we were victorious. We encountered the Mushrikeen, the polytheists, and they had raised their crucifixes, meaning the crosses, and there were thousands of them. And they came to us, and we, they, they, they came to us to attack. So he says, we also went towards them as well. We placed our trust in Allah, and we approached that huge army, despite them being in their thousands. And with the assistance of Allah, we managed to give them defeat. He says the total losses in the army of the Mushrikeen was 50,000. How many? 50,000. And amongst the Muslims, the total losses that were martyred were 450. So he's writing a letter saying, Alhamdulillah, that with a minimal loss of lives, only 450 in comparison to 50,000, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted us victory. Now, Sayyidina Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he was in possession of some, a few strands of the blessed hair of the Prophet And what he did, he tells his own story, that he took some of these blessed hair of the Prophet and he took his helmet and inside his helmet, okay, he sewed them inside. He took his helmet and he sewed them inside and he was wearing his helmet. And these were the blessed hair of the Prophet He says, whenever I wore that helmet, in any battle I wore that helmet, we would get victory. If I didn't have that helmet in a battle, then we would find it difficult. But any battle in which I wore that helmet, in which there were the blessed hair of the Prophet wasallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted us victory. Now, something interesting happened. As soon as, as soon as, now what did the Prophet wasallam give him the title of? What was he called? Sayfullah, meaning the sword of Allah. Because if you remember in the battle of Muta, what happens? If you've been sitting in Talim and listening carefully, you will have come across this beautiful story, the way Hadha Shaykh Rahmatullah mentions it. Okay? So in Talim, we must be attentive, listen to these stories, okay? And try and understand them. Where he speaks and he named three Sahaba. That you're going into this battle, first one, you're going to be the leader, you're going to hold the flag. When he becomes a martyr, then the next one. When he be so what happens? All three Sahaba, as the Prophet ﷺ prophesied, they dropped the flag and they were martyred. And then the Prophet ﷺ says, then a sword from the swords of Allah came and took the, took the banner. And who was that? Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu. So the Prophet ﷺ called him. So he was always victorious. Any armies that he would be leading, right? He would just like win the battle. And people loved him for this. When Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu became the Khalifa, one of the first things he did, he removed Khalid from his position of leadership. Khalid, you are no longer the army general. Khalid, you need to step down. Khalid, you're going to become a normal soldier in the army. Not the boss anymore, not the manager anymore. You're going to be... And now you might think, why? Did he have something against him? Did he not like him? Why? The reason and the only reason Omar loved Khalid radiallahu anhu. 
The only reason, who did he replace him with? Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah. We've been speaking about Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah recently. Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah is now made the leader. And Khalid bin Walid has been demoted. Okay, he's been replaced. He's been, you're going to be a normal person. Remember I told you somebody came to Khalid and said, you know what Umar did with you? It wasn't good. It wasn't good, you know. He shouldn't have done that to you. Like, you're the best. How can he do this to you? And what did Khalid bin Walid say? When I was a leader, I was fighting for the sake of Allah. Now that I'm not a leader, I'm still fighting for the sake of Allah. Okay, stop putting these horrible thoughts in my mind. You're messing my mind up. I'm, my intentions are clear. It doesn't matter what position I'm in. So when Umar radiallahu anhu was asked why he did this, what did he say? He said that he didn't want people's reliance to be on Khalid. That victory comes from Khalid. No, victory comes from Allah. And he could see a pattern where people were putting their trust and saying, oh, it's all about Khalid. It's all about him. If he's there, things are... So he wanted people to realize that it doesn't matter Khalid or no Khalid. Victory comes from only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why he replaced him. He was always part of the battles. And Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah always took his advice and he kept him with him. Uh, but the fact that he just wanted people's yaqeen and trust to be on Allah and not on any individual. So this was Khalid bin. Now imagine, right, a person who spent all his life on the battlefield, okay, fighting away. His greatest desire was to also die there as well and become a shaheed and a martyr. But what happened? Towards the end of his life, Khalid bin Walid who became ill. His illness made him bed bound. So he became weak. He wasn't the same Khalid as he was. And he's lying there in bed. And he's having pity on himself. And he's crying and saying, look, I wanted to be anywhere except being in my bed at this moment and time in my final moments. I would have loved to be in the battlefield and, you know, to end my life there. But look, here I am. And then he tells the person who's there, he says, lift my leg, open my leg. And he opens his leg. And he says, can you find any mark, any spot there where you can't find the mark of an arrow or a sword? And he goes, no, Full, fully covered with wounds. He says, lift my other leg. And he opens the other leg and he finds his wounds everywhere. Open my arm. And he finds it full of marks and wounds, sword wounds and arrow wounds and, and whatnot. And if there was anybody who would have died in the battlefield, it would be me. Right? And just look what I've been through all my life. But look here, I'm dying on my bed. Okay, and this is not the way I want to go. So he was kind of having pity on himself and feeling sorry that, you know, everybody else has had this chance. And look at me, look where I am now. And the person there, the Sahaba that were there, they consoled him. And they said to him, Khalid, do you know that the Prophet ﷺ called you the sword of Allah? He says, yes. Because it's not possible for anybody to break the sword of Allah. If you died in battle, people would have said, we have broken the sword of Allah. Thus, Allah didn't allow you to die in the battlefield because you are the sword of Allah and only Allah is going to take your life. So this was, these were the final moments of Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And he passed away in peace. So, this week's campaign, we want to adopt the valor of Sayyidina Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhum and take inspiration. You know the way he attached the blessed hair of the Prophet ﷺ in his helmet? Now, obviously, we're not going to do that because we don't have access to this, okay? Only if we did, right? But we don't have access to this. 
And wherever you do find this being mentioned nowadays, that somebody claims to have some blessed hair of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I mean, that's all by it's all good, but you need to verify these things. You can't. Every, in our religion, everything has a chain of narration. So if you can prove it with a sanad, going all the way back to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that this actually is then you can otherwise anybody can claim that today so we're not going to approve of it we're not going to deny it we're just going to stay neutral about these things but just like he attached this blessed hair and the idea of it was that he's clinging on to the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's clinging on to the memories of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam if we learn and because of that he gained victory so if we learn in every situation if I stick to the sunnah, I will get victory. Sometimes we think if I leave the sunnah, maybe I'll get the job. Let's just speak about hair, for example, beard, okay, for the men. Okay, so that's one example. The Prophet encouraged the growing of the beard. A lot of people think if I have a beard, I'm going to have problems. Well, if that was the case, when Khalid bin Walid, anhu, he put these few hair of the Prophet, anyone who was firm, a firm believer on the sunnah, Okay, gain victory. My sisters can think about covering the hair when necessary. Okay, brothers can think about growing the beard, for example, and uh, rely on this to get victory in your lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Uh, now, inshallah, for a few minutes, we will have recitation of the Quran just for a few minutes, inshallah. It's going to be Ishraq very soon, and then there's breakfast waiting for everybody as well. So let's just engage in at least a recitation of Surah Yasin. Then we'll conclude with dhikr and dua. And we can do ishraq. And then the breakfast is also will be ready for us, inshallah. Jazakumullah khaira. Inshallah, now we will do some dhikr uh, and then we will conclude with dua. So, if everybody can sit facing towards the qibla, uh, be comfortable wherever you are, sit comfortably, face towards the qibla, close your eyes, and everybody to join in, inshallah. Recite the Rishrif, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. 
سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله العظيم 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 استغفر الله 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 بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين وإلهكم إله واحد لا إله إلا هو الرحمن 
الرحمن الرحيم اللهم لا أحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما هو أهله رضينا بالله ربا وبالإسلام دينا وبمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم رسولا ونبيا الحمد لله الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لك الحمد ولا نعمة الإيمان ولك الحمد ولا نعمة الإسلام ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم تجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم رب اغفر ورحم أنت خير الراحمين O kind Allah O loving Allah O most merciful Allah O most compassionate Allah O most forgiving Allah O Allah we are great sinners O Allah We have committed so many wrongs O Allah We have committed so many sins O Allah O Allah you love to forgive sins O Allah You are the most kind You are the most loving You are the most compassionate You love to forgive sins O Allah Forgive us our sins O Allah Forgive us our sins O Allah You are the only one who can forgive O Allah Besides you, no one can forgive. Oh Allah, we beg for you in this most blessed place, O oh Allah, in this blessed time, O oh Allah, on this blessed occasion, O oh Allah, in your blessed house, O oh Allah, we beg you for your forgiveness, O oh Allah. Grant us your forgiveness, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, create the hatred of sins in our hearts, O oh Allah. Help us to stay away from your disobedience, O oh Allah. Make us obedient, O oh Allah. Help us to do good deeds, O oh Allah. Make it easy for us to become punctual on our five-time salah, O oh Allah. Help us to recite the Quran on a daily basis, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from being ungrateful, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from being ungrateful, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we ask your forgiveness, O oh Allah. Up until now, we have been extremely ungrateful, O oh Allah. We have not appreciated your bounties, O oh Allah. We have taken everything for granted, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, these are all gifts and bounties from you, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we are not deserving of any of this, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, this is only your blessing, O oh Allah that you have granted us Iman and Islam, O oh Allah. You made us humans, O oh Allah. You gave us existence, O oh Allah. You feed us, you clothe us, you give us air to breathe, O oh Allah. You gave us parents, you gave us a family, you gave us an education, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we don't have the words in which we can thank you, O oh Allah. Help us to show gratitude towards you, O oh Allah. Help us to become people of gratitude, O oh Allah. Grant us the quality of shukr, O oh Allah. Make us from amongst the shakirin, O oh Allah. Make us from amongst the shakirin, O oh Allah. Make it easy for us, O oh Allah. Help us, O oh Allah. Assist us, O oh Allah. Guide us, O oh Allah. Protect us, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from all types of calamities and evils, O oh Allah. Look after our parents, O oh Allah. Have mercy on our parents, O oh Allah. Those of our parents who have left the world, fill their graves with nur, O oh Allah. Elevate their status in the hereafter, O oh Allah. O Allah, time will come when we all have to leave the world. Make our last day our best day, O Allah. Make our last action our best action, O Allah. And grant us death with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. O Allah, make the stages of the hereafter easy for us, O Allah. Muslims, wherever they be being persecuted throughout the world, have mercy upon their condition, O Allah. Alleviate the sufferings, O Allah. Grant victory to the ummah, O Allah. Return the ummah back to his glory, O Allah. Help us 
the ummah to establish the deen, O oh Allah. Help the ummah to revive Islam once again, O oh Allah. Protect the sanctity of the Haramain Sharifain, O oh Allah. Grant liberation to Masjid Al-Aqsa, O oh Allah. Grant liberation to Masjid Al-Aqsa, O oh Allah. Those protecting Masjid Al-Aqsa, grant them resistance, O oh Allah. Help them to continue in their struggle, O oh Allah. Grant them steadfastness, O oh Allah. And reward them on behalf of the entire ummah, O oh Allah. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked of you many good things. We ask of you the same. And he sought your protection from many evils. We seek your protection from the same. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.